Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Lady Alyssa, uh, first elder of the Karelian tradition, coming to you from snowy, cold Connecticut, and you are listening to Elder Talk Radio. Um, Tonight, we are going to be discussing uh, the book, The Five Mystic Secrets, which is my favorite. So I'm kind of excited. Um, the Five Mystic Secrets was written by uh, beloved Levada Lewis High Carell, um, who was regent of the tradition, and she wrote this book in, I believe, the 80s. Um, it's not a super long book. Uh, it's an easy read. And everybody should read it, by the way. You can find it. I believe there's a witch school class. And uh, it might be on the Daily Spell, maybe. Um, but it's it's a really great read. It's really I, the premier teachings of the tradition. Um, so she sort of goes through uh, what she calls the five mystic secrets. And as she does it, it really goes through kind of all of the theology of the Karelian tradition, which is really cool because um, it's, like I said, short and sweet, but just full of information. And it's, it's really my favorite book of the tradition. Um, I'm lucky enough that I have one of the really old spiral bound copies that I got in uh, the witch school store when it was brick and mortar in Rossville, Illinois. Um, and I love this book. It's actually still in really good shape. Um, and it lives in my altar room now. And uh, it's um, it's really just a treasure. Um, so we're, I'm just going to talk about it a little bit, some of my favorite quotes from it. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. So the book starts with, uh, with a nice quote. And it's, behold, five sisters, their names are knowledge, God, life, the soul, and freedom. And in the love of these five sisters is the key to the universe. Um, that's such a sweet, such a sweet quote. Um, so, of course, those are the five mystic secrets. Um, and uh, Levada builds this sort of as like a, a self-help book, which I think a lot of New Age books are. Um, and sort of, but from a pagan perspective, um, rather than I think at the time, um, there's a there's a cool introduction um, that I believe Bourdon wrote um, that sort of goes through and, and puts it in scene for you um, and sort of talks about, you know, at the time when televangelism was, was super strong and super popular and uh, sort of an interesting context. Um, so she first sort of goes into the forward about um, – you know, self-help and how um, says the, the path to knowledge and a happy, effective life does not lie in what someone else does or does not conceive. They can tell you anything, however true or false, it is nothing. So long as, as it is theirs, it cannot truly affect you. Um, so it's, it's kind of just this series of ideas that build upon each other that really teach you 
how to lean into your own self and your own higher self. And in this book, of course, Levada calls the higher self the oversoul and, and the lower self the undersoul. And Lord Don sort of explains that's, you know, it was just one of those quirky things that happens over time where terms tend to change and evolve. Um, so, you know, she, she goes into knowledge first, the first of the, and she really says that, you know, knowledge is about following your own internal knowledge um, to find sort of God and the nature of God. Um, and she does use that neutral term God, but she does, um, she does also use um, female pronouns um, to sort of even that out. And from my understanding, that was so that it would appeal to as wide an audience as possible while still being pagan, which is really neat. Um, but one of my favorite quotes from this section is, uh, God can wait for the last struggling traveler. God has time. Um, and this is sort of a, a reference to um, that knowledge that um, you're traveling along the path and, you know, you're to rely on your knowledge and not blindly accept the words of another um, just to be loyal or faithless or faithful or pious is merely to be blind. So you have to use your own good sense um, and listen to your yourself and, you know, take everything with sort of this grain of salt, um, which I think is a super pagan concept, actually. Um, I was told that, you know, from my, by my very first mentor, you know, my very first pagan friend, take everything you read with a grain of salt. It's, you know, make up your own mind. And I think that's really important. And so there are many paths to knowledge. She says many roads for many travelers, just as many different roads once led to Rome. From the many corners of its empire, so too many roads lead to God from many levels and corners of our existence. Um, and that's right before that quote I mentioned that, you know, God has time. God will wait for you whether it takes a year or a million years of your soul. Um, God will wait. I think that's beautiful. Um, so then she, she goes to the second of the five sisters, um, which is God or the knowledge of God. So they sort of follow like that in a pattern, which is super cool. Um, so basically what she's saying here is that, you know, kind of goes back to that road that God will wait for the last struggling traveler. That sooner or later in our soul's journey, uh, we will all know God and that it's okay if it takes a million years um, because we will all get there eventually. And I think that's really beautiful um, and super true. Um, you know, God is eternal. The actions of men and women cannot diminish God. God does not require your worship or your acknowledgement to exist and flourish. God existed before there was anything else and will surely not cease to exist because of anything we could do or not do. Um, that's, that's a super pagan statement. And she goes on to talk about how, as a pagan, uh, she reveres God as the mother who creates all existence of her own primeval existence, though God is surely our father as much as our mother and cannot be limited by the names or pronouns we put upon her. Um, so special. Um, so one of my favorite favorite quotes from this book is in this section 
And I actually have it on my tradition business cards. Um, and it's, uh, you are a piece of art in progress. Um, just absorb that for a second. You are a piece of art in progress. So I think, you know, we're always in progress. We're always becoming. We're always changing um, in life and in death. You know, we're, we're becoming. So uh, who are we meant to be? Well, the goddess knows. The higher self knows who we are meant to be. Um, <clears throat> and... You know, um, no matter what, we're her creations, just as animals are her creations, just as the earth is her creation. Um, you know, her her existence is independent and uh, external of, of humans. She will exist. She existed before us. She will exist after us. Um, and, you know, we will always exist in some way because the soul is eternal, which, you know, also... Um, a very pagan, a very Corellian thought about the soul and the pieces of the soul being eternal. Um, <clears throat> and as one final point that she makes in this section that I really like is that images of God are for us and not for God. So if we think about um, all of the separate deities and the Corellian concept of the diamond that you know, the images of deity, the selves of deity are like facets in the diamond. And we can also say that of the soul, that the facets of a diamond are the pieces and multi-hued pieces of our soul through all its many lives. Um, and sort of we're this, this microcosm of God. Um, it's just beautiful. Um, so the third sister is life. <clears throat> the first quote in the section, uh, God created life, our life and all life. Life is an eternal. Um, we were just talking about that, you know, the, the oversoul, the higher self. Um, you know, we were born, we live, we die, and we're born again. And, you know, as pagans, we deeply believe in reincarnation and the cycles of life. Um, and, you know, she talks here about the sun rising and setting and the, the seasonal birth and death of the trees, which I've talked about in some of my writings. Um, and, and, you know, that's just it's as above, so below, which she doesn't specifically say here, but that's what we're talking about, is, you know, that the, the greater paths of life and the soul are mirrored by nature. And, uh, and nature is where we see life. Um, and sort of she, she relates a lot to, to life and death. Um, she says, as God is our mother, so life and death are her right and left hands, her two focused and eternal cycle in this world. So beautiful. Death is not an end to life. It is a change and all things must die. And then uh, she says, I thought this was really beautiful, and I'd actually forgotten this, that uh, a family saying is, send the dead forth in joy. Um, funerals should not be depressing. Um, that as pagans, we should cultivate this idea that death is just the next 
step of the soul. Um, and as the soul releases from the body, it just makes room for more growth and more change. That's um, beautiful. It really is. Um, so the next section, because you know, you see this is going in order, and each is building upon the next. So, you know, are there five secrets, or are are they really all just like the eternal secret? It's it's super cool. Um, so the next one is the soul, the fourth sister. Um, and, you know, this is, uh, we talk about the soul a lot in Corellian writings, um, that the soul is multifaceted, uh, that the, the soul can live many lives at the same time. And uh, she doesn't go into it that, that deeply here, but, you know, she says that the soul's purpose is experience. It's not punishment. It's to live uh, again and again. She talks about the oversoul and the undersoul and how every life that you live remains in your oversoul. Um, so that you really you could compare death to being like the oversoul and life to being the undersoul. So in death, we become one with all of our lives again. And then in life, we're sort of living our current life. And of course, so it talks about... Um, what we now sometimes refer to as conscious incarnates or those who are born old. And people who are born old just have a thinner veil between that oversoul and that undersoul. I actually really like those terms, by the way. I'd forgotten they were in this book till today. And I, <clears throat> I might actually start using them more instead of higher self and lower self because I really enjoy them. Um, so she talks about those born old, you know, um, more connected to their oversoul, uh, and thus, you know, they have more access to skills that they learned in past lives. Um, they have more access to sort of the beyond and the ancestors. Um, and uh, talks about that a little bit. Um, and then she goes on to talk about sort of uh, the separation of souls, that all souls are the same. Um, even if they don't look the same from the life they're living. So um, my dog sleeping on the couch and his soul is the same as my soul, even though he is a dog and I'm a person. Um, there's nothing to stop him from becoming a person in his next life, say, or me becoming a dog. Um, but she also goes on to talk about, um, you know, um, people who uh, say become blind or have an accident that limits their mental capacity, um, that, you know, that's just a reflection of the physical. It's not a change of the soul. The soul is the same, and it's the same as everyone else's soul. And that's just the life lesson that that soul is experiencing in this life. Um, so God created life, our life and all life. Life is the eternal cycle. We said that before. Um, I thought it was still relevant. Um, and, uh, you know, then she talks a little bit about, um, without really saying it, sort of, um, you know, the, the Christian theories of, of hell and heaven and, and really is any one life enough to condemn or raise up a soul? Um, you know, it's maybe some small lives like Gandhi, but, but really like, 
is an, an average life enough? Is, is God that petty um, or that wasteful that she would create this whole beautiful world and all of these beautiful souls and then allow them to live only one life? It doesn't make sense. Um, and I, I agree for sure. Um, uh, so the, the goal is really we learn by our soul's experience and we learn over our many lives. Um, so then the last mystic secret is freedom. And this is the freedom to change our lives, the, the fact that we have the keys to our own chains, um, which those of you that have um, completed the second degree and, and gone through those trials, sort of understand that a little better, that, that we are in control of the things that hold us back. We are in control of our lives, and we have the freedom to take that control, um, that God, God has granted us that responsibility of our own life. Just as a parent um, has to let a child fly, the goddess lets us do our own thing, and that's self-empowerment, and that's what we learn as the priesthood. Um, you know, when we as priesthood learn that very well, especially going through the degrees that that we really are responsible for ourselves, our own feelings. No one else is responsible. There is no one else to blame but us. Um, freedom is, is our responsibility. Um, so, yeah, I think it says again, but God will wait for you. Oh, that's such a beautiful thought. Uh, until you make up You'll just get, yeah, God will wait for you. I love it. Um, and then the last quote that I had down is, uh, if God wanted homogeny, you would see it in nature. That is such a cool thought because um, it's so true. If, if God has wanted us all to be the same, then uh, then you would see that in nature. But instead what we see in nature is such diversity and, um, you know, uh, as above, so below, we as pagans, um, we believe that the things that we see in the world around us are really reflections of the goddess and, and reflections of the soul. Um, and, you know, in the end, all we have to do is believe. So that's, uh, I think that's a beautiful thought. Um, <clears throat> this is God's real will. She wants you to be free, to be happy, and to succeed. She's a helping hand, not an obstacle on your path. Only your own fear can hold you back. So be free and take advantage of the world that has been created for you. Um, so as you can see, it really is kind of a self-help book, um, like a crash course in, uh, in what um, – we as Corellians in our theology explore through our three degrees. Um, so I really, I, I can't express enough how much I love this book, how much I hope you all read it. Um, and I, every time I read it, I learn something new and I reflect on new things. Um, so I'm going to end this. I'm going to say goodnight. Um, and I'm going to end with the blessing that Lady Leveda ends this book with. Um, May the blessing be, and may you succeed in all you do, whatever you do, do it with love, and good things shall be yours. Thank you. Blessed be.